You're listening to Your Best Life, powered by Mercy One. Join us as we have a fun conversation with certified experts and physicians about health topics for you and your family. It's Your Best Life, our one purpose. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Today, we're happy to bring you this episode in partnership with Iowa's Healthiest State Initiative and the Make It Okay campaign. It's okay to have mental illness. Many people do. It's okay to talk about mental illness, and talking about it makes people feel less alone. It's okay to seek help. Life can get better. So let's make it okay by not being afraid to talk about mental and behavioral health. I agree. I think uh, it's one of those stigmas that back in the days when I was younger, it it was never talked about. But I think the doors are open now, especially going through the pandemic. And, um, you know, life is hard. So, you know, why not talk about it to feel better? Today's episode um, is about learning a little bit about the experts that are available to help you um, with mental and behavioral health. Sherry? It is so confusing because you hear the terms psychologist, psychiatrist, counselor, therapist. And to choose one to talk to to help you through these times, it's difficult because you don't know the difference. Right. So today we're going to try to help explain that difference. We have Natasha Keller on the line. Natasha, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. And Natasha, you are a? I am a therapist. Um, I work at a child advocacy center and I specialize in treating children um, for therapy who've been victims of abuse or neglect. But today we're talking about the differences between um, a therapist, a psychologist, and a psychiatrist. So as a therapist, how are you different from some of those other um, experts? Sure. Well, that's a great question. It's one that um, my clients and many people ask me a lot of the time. So a therapist can be, it basically is someone who holds a master's degree in either social work or Um, mental health counseling. So there's two educational paths, but it definitely has to be, to call yourself a therapist, you have to hold a master's degree in one of those things. And it's somebody who provides primarily, you know, mental health treatment through talk therapy, or, you know, we call it psychotherapy is kind of the official term, but it's just treating problems by talking about them. For a patient that's going to meet with a therapist, what's that like from, from appointment to appointment, or maybe it's just one appointment? Most of the time, it would be more than one appointment, but for, and it can vary, you know, it varies a a lot sometimes depending on what agency the therapist works for or works with, um, because some of them will have different requirements for what's sort of going to be the agenda at each appointment. But most of the time, your first appointment with a therapist will be um, primarily what we call an intake, or it could be an assessment sort of an appointment where they're going to ask you a lot of questions about um, your personal history, about your family life, about what's bringing you to therapy right now. You know, why are you seeking services? Um, they may or may not do some what we call standardized testing, which is like more formal types of assessments to um, determine what symptoms you're experiencing most, and that will kind of guide the treatment plan then for you as an individual, because, you know, not everyone who is seeking therapy is going to be seeking it for the same reasons. Um, And not everyone, even if you say, well, I'm coming because I'm depressed, not everyone's going to be experiencing depression to the same degree or um, with the same types of symptoms. So most therapists will want to get to know you in that first session. Um, And then from there, they'll set up, you know, treatment goals 
and kind of deter or determine sometimes you might need a more specialized referral to one of those other professionals like a psychiatrist or psychologist. When we look at therapists or psychologists or psychiatrists, who's the best person to start with? And, and, or does that depend on maybe the way that that person's feeling? Uh, it does kind of depend on the way that person is feeling. You know, I always think therapists are, I mean, obviously I am a therapist, so I'm partial to thinking that therapists are the best place to start. Sure. Um, because a, because a therapist can give you, you know, more information about those other professionals and and can help you make a more informed decision about which type of professional is going to be able to serve you best. Um, but some people... Um, they'll seek medication options first before they'll go to talk therapy because some people, they just, that's sort of what their mind thinks is going to be the most effective treatment for them. And for some people, it might be. But um, so they might start with a psychiatrist who obviously is going to be able to prescribe medication. But I think a therapist is the best approach to start. Um, so let's talk a little bit about um Therapists, there, there's a, there's can be just like about anything though. There's there's different special people specialize in different things in therapy. Um, you specialize your work with children. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, my you know my work is focused on children, and I have worked with adults in the past in you know other positions, but um, right now I specialize in actually treating post traumatic stress disorder in children um, and kind of working with families um, to improve you know parents parenting skills and child behavior in the home, things like that. So that's sort of my area of specialty. Um, but uh, yeah, as you said, not all therapists specialize in the same thing. So it, you do want to seek out a therapist who kind of has that more specialized skill set for what you might need treatment for. Because, um, you know, we don't all, we all go to graduate school, but we don't all come out of graduate school with the same types of um, specializations. You know, every individual therapists might have a different path in mind. And a lot of those more, you know, trauma, especially, and, you know, eating disorders or things like that, that requires more training than just your master's degree. If somebody did want to establish a relationship with a therapist, what's their first step? Do they just call you directly or do they, can they call therapists directly or does it have to come from somebody else? Um, most agencies, you can just call, you know, the particular place that you want to go for, go to for therapy, and um, and then they might direct you to a particular therapist at that place that that can serve you best. Sometimes, though, people will, they will probably want to check with their insurance provider first and make sure that, that one, mental health services are covered and, you know, find out the scope of that coverage. And then, two, some insurance companies obviously have a preferred provider panel, so to speak, and so they might want to double check with their insurance provider, who can I go see? Um, and there might be a more formal process that your insurance company wants you to utilize. So, you know, they'll probably want to check with their insurance company first and then start making phone calls. And then for people that don't have health insurance coverage, what are their options? Yeah, so for people that don't have health insurance coverage, um, it's really helpful to find um, an agency that has some kind of grant funding. So those are going to be like your not-for-profit agencies, usually have some types of grants. Um, I believe each county in Iowa has a designated mental health provider who receives county funding, and they can provide some 
type of mental health services to people who don't have insurance or who meet certain income brackets, you know, if your income is under a certain amount. So they can start um, looking at not-for-profits is going to be their best approach. All right, Natasha, thanks. Anything else you want to let our listeners know about uh, therapy? Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I I always like to um, let people know that you don't have to be like suffering from any type of, you know, mental health disorder or even, you know, like an extreme mental health episode to seek out therapy. Therapy and counseling can improve many areas of your life, whether it be your relationships, your general happiness, your focus at work, performance at work, you know, there's many reasons people go to therapy and counseling, not just necessarily because you're suffering or you're quote unquote crazy. Um, There's lots of good reasons to seek therapy and just kind of self-improvement reasons even. So, Well, thanks a lot, Natasha. Natasha Keller, a licensed mental health counselor who works with children. She's calling us today from Mercy One Siouxland Child Advocacy Center. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. All right, we're joined now by Dan Ekstrom. Dan, you are a? Licensed psychologist. Okay, and so a licensed psychologist, um, tell me exactly what you do then as a psychologist. Well, several things. Um, I work in the field of psychology, as you might imagine. Uh, We work with people in the behavioral health area to help them deal with various stressors and adjustments to life and that. Uh, Psychologists are a little different than some of the other professionals. Uh, We have gone to uh, graduate school. Uh, At the present time, the standard for a psychologist is having a doctorate degree in a field of psychology, and then you have to pass a licensing exam. So we're also considered uh, within the broad umbrella of a therapist. So our specific duties that are somewhat different than just simply counseling involve uh, oftentimes testing, evaluation, things like that. Uh, Psychology has several applications in our society. Um, People who are psychologists will work as counselors, as therapists. They also work in industry. Uh, They work in forensic issues. They work in court situations. Uh, Just a variety of areas uh, where, in fact, the understanding of human behavior is relevant. A psychologist would be in that group of, of people that could be therapists. Yes. So, so you could say that all psychologists are therapists, but maybe not all therapists are psychologists. Is exactly. That right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then another thing we should straighten out too, these two terms get, I think, used interchangeably by a lot of just people in the general public. And so we can straighten it out right now. People always get it mixed up. Psychologist, psychiatrist. What's the difference? A psychiatrist is a medical doctor. They either have an MD or a DO typically, and their specialty is psychiatry, the same way that in other medical fields, there's, there's specialties such as primary care, radiology, dermatology, and so on and so forth. Psychiatrists in the field of psychiatry then uh, approach human behavior more from a biological or neurochemical standpoint. Uh, generally, there's a belief that what explains our behavior is a variety of things. There are organic neurological factors that influence our brain, and that regulates things like our thinking, our emotions, our behavior, those types of things. But in addition to the neurological aspects, there's also psychological and behavioral and experiential aspects. It's the old notion of nurture and nature. 
The nurture is more the part of how does life experiences and the way we adapt to life influence the way we act. Uh, so the psychiatrists focus more on the medical aspect, the neurochemical aspect, and they prescribe medication. In most cases, the psychiatrists, not only are they licensed as doctors, but they become board certified, which means that they take additional training and have to pass an examination to be board certified. Now, psychologists, again, they work more with the behavioral aspects, with testing, evaluation, but also therapy, and we also have to pass a, uh, an examination. Um, one of the areas that differentiates psychology from uh, the other therapists, such as the social workers, mental health counselors, et cetera, is that we do psychological testing. Testing could be utilized for issues like court, for qualifications of programs, for example, there's individuals that might qualify for what is called an intellectual disability waiver. That individual would come in for an intellectual assessment. Uh, we also do assessments uh, for other kind of like childhood disorders, whether it be like learning disabilities, uh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, those types of things. We also do testing of like personality. Uh, a common test that's often used in our field is called the Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory. And that times often is used to, to get kind of a profile of the person's personality. Uh, so that is one of the, the major uh, differences, is that we have psychometric techniques that we can use to try to clarify diagnoses, uh, to get a, a more quantifiable sense of the nature and the severity of an individual's difficulties, that type of thing. Let's talk a little bit about someone who needs care. They have the option to go to a number of these different people in different levels of expertise. Where do they start? Is there a do they should they if if they're experiencing a certain type of issue, should they start with a therapist or do they go straight to a psychiatrist? How 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 help help through that mm -hmm. journey a little okay. bit? Well, there's no one specific way. People can get into and access these services in a variety of ways. Many individuals will start by maybe talking to their primary care physician. Uh, we get quite a few referrals from primary care. Other people will contact our office directly. If individuals suspect that they might uh, be a candidate for medication, but they also would like to have someone to talk to and, and help them you know, deal with more effective coping techniques, they might contact a, a clinic or a mental health clinic that oftentimes is a multidisciplinary arrangement where we they have such things as psychiatrists, they may have uh, psychiatric nurse practitioners, uh, and a variety of therapists. It could be psychologists, could also be licensed uh, mental health counselors or independent uh, social workers and that type of thing. So as a psychologist, what would a typical like what what would a what would meeting with you be like what what's the process do, do i come in do i talk to you and you listen well our, our first visit typically is we have a few things that we hope to accomplish number one is establishing some rapport um, in order to be able to connect with someone to help them it's typically very helpful and necessary to establish some rapport, get to know them, develop a connection, uh, that type of thing. It's, it's a common thing that when individuals come in to see a therapist or a psychiatrist, uh, this, is, this is a first-time meeting. 
So the two are strangers. Uh, people typically are somewhat hesitant uh, to just reveal all kinds of things about themselves. So I think that's an important thing to consider. So initially, we would just probably have a little bit of small talk, getting to know each other, getting some basic information about a person's background, their interest, and those types of things. Okay. Then after that, we certainly would like to know what kind of changes is the individual here to make. Uh, people come to see mental health providers because they're struggling in some aspect of their life, whether it's their emotions, their behavior, relationships, occupation, uh, you know, you name it. There's just a myriad of, of challenges in life. So we want to identify what types of changes um, would the individual, what would be helpful, what would be desirable. Uh, so oftentimes that's what occurs during the first visit. And then in subsequent visits, depending again on, on what the target changes and how you're going to go about it, uh, then you would begin progressively engaging in therapy. But typically I see it as, as like three steps. The first step is to connect with the individual, to establish rapport. The next issue probably is to explore and maybe resolve any hesitancy or ambivalence they may have about engaging in the process, any that type of thing. And then probably after those steps are done, then it's, it's a little easier to shift into then making efforts to impact their life, their changes, and those types of things. I personally believe that counseling is more than just listening to individuals and being empathetic. Um, I have come to believe that as human beings, we all want to do well. We all develop strategies and habits about how we go through life, how we deal with other people, how we deal with frustration and difficulties and setbacks. And I think our goal as a therapist is to help the individual develop skillful, adaptive techniques to deal with the various aspects of life. And I think that's a fundamental desire and goal for anyone in the helping profession. So tell me, Dan, as far as your specialty is concerned with psychology, um, when it comes to issues like um, alcohol or substance abuse, is that something that you would handle, or would that go to a, some, to a different kind of provider? Well, it could be both. Most therapists have had experience with substance abuse. So often individuals who are struggling will, you know, use substances and that type of thing. So in several cases... Um, you know, there are what we call comorbid situations. Individual might be depressed or anxious, or they may have more severe uh, psychiatric problems like being psychotic. And they do drugs and alcohol. Sometimes the drugs and alcohol over time will then result and contribute to those kind of psychiatric problems. So it's oftentimes an you know, intertwined kind of a situation, sure. that type of thing. You mentioned earlier about how a lot of referrals come from primary care providers. So mm -hmm. what does someone do if they don't already have a relationship with a primary care provider or, or they don't have insurance? I, what, what's their, um, how, how do they go about that? Sure. It's a common thing, at least through our state and in, in most states, that there are community mental health centers. Um, you can contact them. Also, you can always Google mental health providers. There will be a listing there. It's a common thing that when you contact any of these offices, they can clarify uh, the services they have available, the costs involved, whether it's on a sliding fee, uh, whether or not they would, what types of insurances that they would take. So if you do a little bit legwork, uh, similar to if you're going to find a, a plumber or a veterinarian or anyone else like that, there is certainly ample, uh, you know, uh, resources online and things like that. 
All right. Well, thanks a lot, Dan, for coming in. Once again, Dan Ekstrom. He's a licensed psychologist at Mercy One. And if you want to hear more from Dan, um, he actually was on our podcast. That was back on episode nine. We talked about holiday stresses and winter blues. So you can um, hear more from Dan there. And uh, thanks a lot, Dan. It was my pleasure. Thank you. All right. Joining us now is Dr. Tyler Van Milligan, otherwise known as Dr. Tyler. Hi. Hi there, Adam. And and Dr. Tyler, tell me exactly what you are here. Yeah, sure. So I am actually a third-year psychiatric resident or psychiatric provider through Mercy One's um, residency clinic that is actually new this year. Okay, yeah. So that's the psychiatric residency program in Des Moines then, right? Correct, yeah. Tell me a little bit why a psychiatrist and somebody in your field is different from those other um, experts. Yeah, for sure. And I think that this is actually a question we get quite often. I'll have patients that come in and we'll be talking and chatting. And at the end of our session or somewhere in the middle, I'll say, and would you like um, a therapy referral and they look, or to see a psychologist? And they'll look at me like, isn't that what you are? So I think it can get pretty confusing. And uh, I guess the major difference um, so as a psychiatrist, we actually go to medical school. We, you know, we do our undergraduate training and then we um, do four years of medical school. Um, and at the end of that training, there are some doctors that become surgeons, for instance, or skin doctors or the kind of doctors that deliver babies. And then there are psychiatrists. So we go to a residency program that specializes in mental health and the medicines that can be prescribed to help a variety of mental health diagnoses. So we work very closely with psychologists and therapists, but we kind of provide the medical management of psychiatric disorders in the lineup of mental health providers. I was just saying earlier today that that uh, people have a tendency to get the two mixed up between psychology, psychologists and psychiatrists, um, that, that some folks probably use those two terms interchangeably, but they are quite different. Yes, very much so. I mean, there's some overlap in that psychologists focus primarily on a therapeutic model. And while we do incorporate some of that, we definitely are not as formally trained as they are. And we... Um, have more of a medical approach and focus on medicines. I picture like what we've all seen on TV or in the movies where there's that person laying on the couch and they're talking about their day to the to the expert. Uh, I'm sure that's not exactly what it's like. Is, is that a psychiatrist or a psychologist or none of the above? So, you know what, that, that kind of references psychoanalysis with, uh, so Sigmund Freud was, was a doctor um, and I guess formerly the first psychiatrist, um, but he definitely incorporated a lot of the psychoanalytic theories that both psychologists and psychiatrists use. Um, But I would definitely say that that image of the patient on the couch and the psychiatrist or psychologist behind taking notes um, doesn't really happen very often um, anymore. But that's more of um, a, a therapeutic model that has evolved with time, but more psychologists use. 
So let's talk a little bit about um, what is the typical appointment with you like and how that might be different from a therapist or a psychologist? A lot of times, so we'll do with uh, an initial assessment, and oftentimes that's that can be a referral from anywhere, from a medical doctor and a patient saying, hey, you know, I'm feeling pretty anxious or I have a history of depression. And if their provider feels like it might be a little beyond um, what they're willing to address, they can refer to us and we'll see them in clinic. And it's different um, in that we obviously don't use a stethoscope and we don't have an exam table and our offices look much like a psychologist's office might look. And it, it will get a history from the patient, very similarly to, to a therapist or psychologist, but we'll also um, ask questions like what your medical history is, your surgical history, um, any allergies to medicines, what medicines have you tried in the past? Have you been hospitalized for a psychiatric reason? And then we'll delve more into um, your social history and how that contributes. So we'll get a very thorough history at first. And oftentimes that'll be in the context of what I hope to consider a very uh, casual and meaningful conversation with the patient where you can kind of develop a rapport after which treatment plans will be discussed and goals and possible medications that the patient may want to start. And this is where we may even talk about referrals to therapists or psychologists, depending on what the patient needs um, or is wanting out of their care. And I would say that happens quite often, actually. We do have um, one day a week where we see our own therapy patients and we do some of our own therapy. Like I said, we're not necessarily as well-versed or well-trained as psychologists or licensed mental health professionals. Um, but it is an important aspect to psychiatry to provide um, some therapy and, you know, evidence will show too that the combination of therapy and medications is, tends to be more efficacious than either one alone. So we, we try and keep um, the, shaw sharp, the, the saw sharp in that regard so that we can incorporate some of it in each of our appointments. I hope that answers your question. And some of our and some of the things that we've talked about today is uh, through speaking with a therapist, through speaking with a psychologist, and now you. I feel like we've talked about how you know you could start in therapy and then be referred to a psychologist or even a psychiatrist. And and I want to make sure that we clarify that it's not like this this pyramid where the therapy's on the bottom and then it up as you work your way up, it's to those other specialties. That's not the case. It's just because one specialty might be able to treat you a little bit differently that may be more helpful versus somebody who's in another specialty. Is that a fair assessment? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. Instead of a pyramid, um, I, I think we uh, are def there's less of a hierarchical structure to things and we work together collaboratively quite a bit to provide the best care possible. And while a, one patient may primarily benefit from medicines, um, at one time in their life, more so than therapy, that that could change with time. And so um, it also per patient can change with time as well as um, amongst patients, depending on what they need. And, and then would a patient who is a, a regular patient of a therapist might come see a psychiatrist just for, for a medicine need to supplement the therapy they're getting. Is that fair? Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Exactly right. 
Perfect. So let's talk a little bit about um, the type. Like, uh, so people out there that they, they might um, be thinking they they need um, to do some self care when it comes to um, uh, their mental health. Who's the best person to start with, or does it depend on what they're experiencing? And, and as far as a psychiatrist goes, what are, what what types of people should seek out a psychiatrist? Sure. So I think it's safe to say that there's this tendency to kind of pathologize mental illness and that there's this line and you either are mentally ill or you are well on the other side of the line. And what I think is important for people to understand is that mental health, everyone has it. Everyone has mental health and we're all in different, um, just like physical health, uh, there are varying degrees of your health, health state or how healthy you are. And so A very good point of contact is, you know, if you are struggling with mental health issues, you feel like you just aren't yourself, your primary care physician can be a really great point of entry. And that's just the type of doctor you go to for any annual physical. And they typically will ask you screening questions, um, at which point they can say, hey, you know, I think this warrants maybe seeing a psychiatrist or a more specialized physician for mental health or they can point you in the direction of therapy um, or even a psychologist, depending on what they are seeing and what you're reporting as a patient. So as somebody who does deal with like the, the medicine part and, and, and addressing chemicals that are in our brain, um, is that something, so like, do you ever get into people that are dealing with substance abuse or any kind of that that might um, play into the way that they might be feeling? Just like there's special kinds of medicine like surgery, dermatology, and then psychiatry or, you know, pediatricians, there are subspecialties. So in psychiatry, we have um, specialists who specialize in addiction uh, psychiatry. Um, There's forensics and geriatrics and child and adolescent psychiatrists. So we even branch out into um, more specific uh, avenues of care. Uh, but that being said, during residency, we um, have exposure and training in substance abuse treatment. And um, because it is so pervasive and it's kind of everywhere, we do screen for it in our clinic all the time. And we ask about those things um, because it is so prevalent and something that um, is a part of our psychosocial assessment um, on a regular basis, actually. It does play a huge role, and I'm glad that you brought that up. All right, Dr. Tyler, um, a couple more questions for you here then. So as, as far as somebody who, who may need to seek your help, um, what are their options? Um, what are their options if they don't have health insurance? How does somebody come in to see you? So I, I think rather um, consistently, it's a safe place. A safe place to start would be talking to your primary care provider. Um, And this can either be a family medicine or an internal medicine practitioner that you would see for an annual um, or, you know, for if you're feeling ill um, or anything that's bothering you. They, if you talk to them, they even can can prescribe basic medicines. But if they feel like you need a higher level of um, um, psychiatric care, they then can provide a referral to a provider or at least point you in the right direction. But I'd say that that's the best way to go about it um, in Iowa right now. As far as a psychiatrist goes, um, if there is not a relationship with the primary care provider, is there an, any other way or is that pretty much the only avenue 
for psychiatrists because of the medicine? Yeah, yeah. So you definitely can like cold call um, psychiatric providers in the area. Uh, the only hiccup is that um, you may have to navigate insurance coverage or even calling your insurance to see who's covered. Um, but having the exposure that I have so far, the best advice I can give would be to talk to your primary care provider and they can at the very least, knowing your insurance and knowing what they know about what's available in their area could connect you rather quickly. And then for folks that don't have insurance, um, is there an option that way? There are, so in our clinic, um, we do have resources where we can kind of uh, navigate how to get you coverage um, through the state or otherwise. Um, it's going to be different everywhere. I wish I had, you know, an easy answer for do this if you're in Iowa and you don't have insurance and there's a number to call or there's an easy access point. Um, we're not quite there yet, um, unfortunately, but um, there are urgent care clinics. Um, I know that if you contact Mercy, we can help help you at least get um, Medicaid or state coverage, uh, at, at the very least retroactively, but get you the care that you need. Um, so there are ways to navigate it. Um, I don't have an easy answer. My hope is that one day we'll have an easy answer to that and there will be one place that you can go and it'll be a seamless uh, service for people. I want to say thanks again to Dr. Tyler, who cares for patients in the Mercy One Psychiatric Residency Program in Des Moines. Thanks for joining us today. Oh, thanks, Adam. I really appreciate you having me today. Thanks again. Yeah. Look forward to talking to you again soon. I want to say thanks again to all of our experts today, licensed psychologist Dan Ekstrom, licensed mental health counselor Natasha Keller, and Dr. Tyler Van Milligan. This episode was brought to you in partnership with Iowa's Healthy Estate Initiative and to make it okay. Make It Okay is here to help educate Iowans and get the conversations going about mental illness so we can end the stigma. Together, we can make it okay. Learn more at makeitok.org slash Iowa. If you have feedback on this episode, fill out the submission form at mercyone.org slash podcast, where you can find all of our other episodes, or send an email to podcast at mercyhealth.com live your best life.